Welcome to Brand Agony. I'm Alan Black. Every episode, we use the soothing power of stronger language to solve a brand problem for a troubled marketing professional. Today, we are talking about consistency, or to put it another way, how to deliver very different messages using the same brand voice. To answer this thorniest of questions, I'm joined by as fine a collection of word wranglers as you'll ever meet, Black Ads' Chris Tapley. Hello. Helen Selby. Hello. And Rachel McCallion. Hello. Hello, everyone. So, on to this week's letter, which comes from Jenna in Manchester. Dear Black Ad, I work for an energy company with a really distinctive tone of voice. The problem isn't so much with our main marketing messages, it's service and support. For example, our UX copy and debt collection letters sound the same as our Instagram posts. Some customers are getting upset. Should I adjust our brand voice for different messages and channels? Yours, tortured by inconsistent voices, Jenna. So thanks for your letter, Jenna. This is as tricky an issue as we've seen. And, you know, it's something that that lots of customers ask about. If I'm changing my voice, am I staying true to my brand? As always, we will tackle the problem in three steps. Diagnosis, treatment and staying healthy. So first of all, just clear my throat. (coughs) Snap on the rubber gloves uh, for the examination. Um, Disturbing as always. Uh, First of all, then to you, Helen, for the diagnosis. Working from this just one voice symptom, what do you reckon the underlying problem is here? Yeah, I I think this is a really interesting one because consistency in brand voice is something that gets misunderstood quite a lot um, and it it doesn't need to be that way. So people think that, you know, your brand voice needs to be exactly the same at all times, but really consistency of voice just means that you need to stay true to the core of your brand. So whatever your brand ethos is. Mm. So if you think about the way people behave, you know, we don't talk the same way all the time. Um, We've become sort of different versions of ourselves um, depending on what we're up to. So think about how you talk in a work meeting and then how you talk when you're at the pub with your friends. Mm. So if you're sort of switching your communication style, it doesn't mean you're being fake. It just means you're presenting a different side of yourself, um, one that's in tune with the audience. So brands are no different. Um, You just need to adapt voice depending on the context. So it's really, it's it's right to be consistently inconsistent, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, essentially, to stay true to the brand, we stay true to the audience's needs at that particular point. And, and that's really all about context. And yeah. it, it's something that brands get really muddled up with really, really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But do, do you think, think Rachel, is, is it more than just context switching here? Is there anything else going on? I think there's a tendency for some organisations to fetishise brand and maybe there's a bit of that here. So a one size fits all approach might work for like a baseball cap, but it doesn't work so much with brand voice. Mm. Um, It's important to remember that a heavy handed approach to brand voice isn't always appropriate. Um, And the world's gone a bit brand mad at the moment and everyone's trying to stand out and sort of those basic principles like clarity and empathy um, for customers have sort of gone out of fashion. And that's why you end up with kitchen space that say things like, does not contain unicorns um, on the label because it's quote unquote charming. Mm. Um, but there are customers, you know, that need the facts. Um, if what if they've got a scary rash that they need to check if they're allergic to the ingredients, um, suddenly that tone of voice is totally irrelevant and you need to consider how the customer's approaching each interaction with your brand um, and sort of tune your voice tone of voice accordingly absolutely um it's almost a case here of uh too much brand not enough audience um chris is there anything else going on here yeah i, I think it is about understanding the audience and it's about thinking 
through the customer journey. And that's often at the root of these issues. Mm. And this tends to happen when you think about every piece of content as existing in isolation rather okay. than as part of a wider customer journey and, and the way that they experience your brand, especially when they're transitioning between online and offline as yeah. part of a, a wider journey. You need to really consider the emotion of each customer touch point and how they might feel in any mm. given situation. Um, so I think, you know, for example, in Jenna's case, if we, we think about how it feels to switch energy provider, there's a positive change. Um, so the brand voice can be quite fun, can be quite full on there. But, you know, if you're notifying them that prices are going up, the emotion is, is more likely to be disappointment or worry. is not appropriate to go in with that same fun tone of voice because it's, it's just not going to go down well with the customer at that moment, is it? Yeah, de- definitely not. It, it, it's I suppose it comes back to this sense of um, it's not just that we're talking about different customers. It's talking about the same customer flipping in and out of different needs, depending on where they are, different emotions. Um, and for me, it feels like that this issue that Jen has got is kind of a bundling up of lots of the th- different things going on. Um, trying to religiously follow the brand voice without understanding the core purpose, um, being too heavy handed with a wacky voice and then not thinking about the bigger picture, Chris, as you were saying, of the customer's journey. Um, I suppose then we need to ask how are we going to overcome these challenges? So it's time to uh, get out the film uh, jar again. And uh, there we go. Um, it's, it's in a big room this time, I think. Uh, very echoey. Um, <laughs> Helen, what do you reckon the treatment options here are for Jenna? So I, I think first it's about being consistent, but not entirely. So that sounds mm-hmm. way more complicated than it is. Um, it's it's really all about being certain, first of all, um, where your brand is coming from. So what are you staying true to? Okay. You need a core proposition to go back to. So I think for Jenna, that might be something like, you know, energy doesn't cost the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so on social media, you'll be playing up to all those green credentials and showing how easy it is for people to do the right thing and feel great about it. But when it comes to more delicate communications around price increases and debt and the kind of things Chris was touching on there, you can deliver that message in a less animated voice while underlying that money, the money is still going to go to good causes. So you're still staying true to that core underpinning, but you're just adjusting the way that you're delivering that message. Sure. And um, I think if you don't already have that core proposition, you you can start by defining your brand's purpose. So you can get everyone involved in that process, all the different teams, and develop a document that makes it simple for everybody to understand and yeah. use and go back to. Absolutely. And once you understand the purpose that you exist for, and then the, the so the why, and then the, the what it is you're taking to the customer, why they should believe you, that then really starts to clear the fog and, and, mm-hmm. and things start to become a lot clearer. Rachel, what, what yeah. do you reckon? Yeah, I think I'm with Helen. Um, it's about knowing how to control the different aspects of your brand to serve the greater purpose um, and then setting that out in a way that makes makes it make sense to your whole organization. Um, a group a good brand voice isn't one isn't one whole thing. It's made up of different okay. parts. Um, so when we create a brand voice for a client, we usually base it around three components that all act like dials you can turn up or turn down. So for Jenna's company, that might be um in control, uh, empathy and positive. Yeah, yeah. Um so on price increase emails, you'd turn the empathy right up and you'd tone down positivity because nobody is going to feel great when you're being told um, you need to pay more money. But if it's a summary of how many tons of carbon you've helped save this year, turn the positivity right up because happy days like for you and for the planet. 
Yeah, I, I think absolutely. That, that, that makes real sense to me. It's, it's those pillars being in place makes everything a lot easier to control. Um, it, for me, it's kind of the key to unlocking it, actually. Um, Chris, anything else? Anything we've missed out? I mean, I think it really is about that guidance being available, uh, building a framework around things. Um, in terms of the customer journey, you really just want to figure out where each of the main touch points are going to be um, for mm. each customer journey. Analyze what their pains might be during those interactions, and and how you can weave those, um, you know, or or what benefits you can bring to them at that point. Sure. Um, so you know, it might just be softening that price increase message with the idea that they're in control uh, and they're helping to sort of help the planet. Um, sure. Mm. I mean, once you find the the sort of interplay between all these touch points, it becomes a lot easier. Um, I think the tricky bit is just getting there to begin with. Uh, you probably need to involve every part of the business to, to map that journey effectively mm. um, working yeah. together to, to see the customer's perspective and, and create something that feels joined up at every stage Yeah, it might sound a little bit trite when I say it out loud but um, I'm going to go for it anyway it's this sense of as, as a business as a brand remembering that everyone is on the same team and everyone is ultimately you know serving the same you know customers they might be doing different things at different points, those customers, but ultimately that's why we exist. Um, the social media team, uh, the bill collection team, the UX guys, um, they're all ultimately trying to help the customer. Um, and mm-hmm. dialing down, if we're talking about dialing up and dialing down, dialing down the internal politics is has got to be a good thing. Exactly. You know, why can't we all just get along? Exactly. A sentiment for the ages, Chris. Um, <laughs> so... Finally, we're going to uh, just uh, ask. We're going to ask Helen uh, this week, if you wouldn't mind. Chris played uh, played the harp beautifully last week, but if you could step up to the black eyed harp, Helen, if you wouldn't mind, for the staying healthy strand. I'm just going to yeah. Here we go. I think I've been practicing. Uh, do you know what? I think just a little bit more forceful <laughs> than Chris was last week, and you know, a different performance. I'm not saying a better performance, but you know, definitely <laughs> a different interpretation. Um, so yep. for, for Jenna and for anyone else, how can we take those treatments and develop them into the long term? Um, Helen, um, how can they keep their brand language healthy? Yeah. So we talked about this idea of brand voice being just like a person. And it's important to remember that personalities develop over time. Mm. So I think there's a bit of a hygiene factor of ongoing development. So regular reviews of your brand and its purpose, just to make sure that it still fits your place in the market and that it still fits your core ambitions. Absolutely. So don't just set it and then forget about it. You know, schedule reviews maybe once or twice a year and make sure everything still lines up. It's all about sort of developing accordingly. Yeah, I, I think for any brand, you know, there are certain things that will probably always stay through, you know, through decades maybe even. And if you're not developing as a brand, um, there's probably something a little bit wrong there and something that needs to be to be looked at. So the idea of the brand evolving over time is something that's super important. Rachel, what, what do you reckon? Uh, I think, yeah, totally. You've got to stay alert. Um, and I recommend having something in place for quality checks. Mm. Um, you can get quite creative with it and maybe have focus weeks with prizes for the best examples of content and it sort of turn up the volume on each pillar of the brand voice. Sure. Um, that's a great way to get everyone engaged. Um, and then if you can, a brand guardian or a team of brand guardians, um, that's a great idea in the early days. Uh, then you can sort of get them to cast an eye over everything before it goes out to make sure it's it's nailed the tone of voice. Um, and then if that's not possible, um, I suppose a really good alternative to that would be to build spot checks into your process. Yeah, and I've, I've seen this done in lots of different ways. One maybe sounds a little bit odd, but one nice way of doing it is maybe at the beginning of the process is 
if you've got three pillars to the voice, picking three people in the business that are the guardians of one person's the empathy person, one person's the in control person, for example. And then, you know, something is, as maybe, you know, sounds a bit facile, but as wearing a t-shirt one day a fortnight. So come and speak to me about your, your uh, empathy issues with the, with the voice, or we have a real focus on empathy today. And I'm the person that's going to embody that. So that idea of kind of helping to bring it to life a little bit and show what empathy means and how you actually play with it, because just saying the word empathy over and over again, isn't going to do anything for anybody. Um, so mm-hmm. that idea of the, the standards being maintained it, it can make a huge difference. Um, Chris, what would you? What, what would be your final thoughts on on staying healthy? I mean, I think Rachel touched on it. I mean, I think if if everyone was going to wear a t shirt, the word on that t shirt would be process. Ah, um, yes, you know, Frankie say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's something we come back to a lot, but it, it really makes a difference. You know, if you if you put a framework in place that's repeatable. It becomes a lot easier over time to manage this this trick of using the same voice in different ways. Yeah, definitely for me, I think that that idea of the framework is is what voice is all about, um, and building that on this 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 idea of the audience's intent, uh, down in different parts, up and down, thinking about which part the customers at at each point, um, and really that that idea of you know which part of our voice is most relevant right now. That for me, um, going back to Jenna's question, is the easiest way of keeping your customers happy and your brand strong Uh, so Jenna I think over to you thanks for listening we'll be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony for more brand language messaging content training and tone of voice visit blackad.co.uk